to Geek and Friends. I am your host, Jason Hickey. Right alongside me is Scott Davis. The Dragon Reborn! We're not there yet. Oh, sorry. Good lord. The Caller of the Horn! Okay, we're getting there. <clears throat> okay. Sounder of the Horn. The Sounder. Sounder, <laughs> yes. We'll, we'll, we'll do another one, alright? You ready? Okay, go. You ready? Yep. Wolf Brother. Again, kind of works. <laughs> Folks, we are talking about the Wheel of Time. We are going to do part four, the final part of the Great Hunt. Yes. Now, uh, if you don't remember last time, we pretty much dealt with the girls. Yes. And we got the girls up to the point where Egwene was captured by the mm-hmm. Shan Chan. Yep. Elaine uh, and Nynaeve and, uh, are you know, hiding. Right. Men is able to, to go back and forth between the two. Right. Because she's sworn the oaths. Because she's sworn the, sworn the oaths. And that's pretty much where we have the girls. The boys, they went through Flicker. Flicker. Yes. Flicker. The super creepy Flicker. And that was uh, back in Great Hunt 2. Yeah. So we're finally getting back to them. Yes. So they exit this portal stone. And everybody is like on their knees. Vomiting. They're, They're vomiting. They're wiped out. Because all of them have just basically lived hundreds of their own versions of their own lives. Mm hmm. And they're all deeply affected by what happens. Even Varen. Even Varen. And nothing affects Varen. Yes. But you see some people are ready to rip out their eyes mm-hmm. from what they saw. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, pretty brutal. Yes. And then we also find out that, yes, they did traverse most of a continent. Mm-hmm. They did not do it instantaneously. No, this was like uh, almost like six months. Yeah, it was It was a quite a big jump. Pretty much it's how long it would have taken them just to walk there. Mm-hmm. Is how long it took them to get there. Yes. But they had to deal with all this flicker, flicker, flicker crap. Yes. Essentially, yeah. They might have been better off just traveling over the land. Mm-hmm. But they know where they are. They are on Almuth Plain, which, but they're not on, they're not, they're not by Falm. They know they have to get to Falm, which is on Toman Head, which is like, like we talked about last time. It's like this jutting out piece of land with a, a small city on it. Mm-hmm. Where they have the watch hanging inside of cages. Yes. So they ha- they know they have to get there. So they set off. And luckily, Huron can still smell. Can still smell the violence. And he knows that Fane has a very specific smell. Now he can't smell it right away. Mm-hmm. So they basically set up a search pattern where they go in a grid to try and narrow down where Fane was. And it takes them a while. Yeah, it was like maybe another month, yeah. I think. And even in that time, they had to dodge another foe who is in this area. The Children of the Light. Psh, the White Cloaks. I'm just calling them what they call themselves. Yes, but White Cloaks is insulting. Therefore, we call them the White Cloaks because they're terrible. Yes, yes, they are. <laughs> Think of them as zealots. Oh, 100%. Yeah. They're, they are the do what we're going to do at all costs. And the problem is they are a military force that's answerable to no one. Mm-hmm. It's just not a good thing. And they also, because they're zealots, they can justify anything in service to the light. Anything that they do not like, you are a dark friend. Oh, yeah. If you sneeze the wrong way, you are a dark friend. Yes. And the thing is... They're led by a man named Jacob Carradin. Now, originally, like the, the, the main group is led by Jeffrey Bornhold, but he has to answer to Jacob Carradin. Jacob Carradin is not your typical white cloak. He is what is known as a questioner. Essentially, they... Do you know the um, the Spanish Inquisition? Yes. That is what they were. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're torturers. Yes. 
they will get you to confess even if you didn't do anything because they'll just torture you. Exactly. Now, I do have to say this one thing. Mm-hmm. The Inquisition. <laughs> what us? The Inquisition. Oh, Here we my go. gosh. <laughs> you and your Mel Brooks. <laughs> now, there's something else that we know about Jacob Carradine at this point in the story. Yes. Jacob Carradine was in a secret meeting. Yes. A secret meeting that the Watt fandom likes to call the Dark Friend Social. Yes. Because he is a dark friend. That he is. So we have a white cloak, a dark friend. It's almost looking unthinkable. For, looking for other dark friends or just killing random people saying they're dark friends. Yes. And that's the thing. They're literally, they're going across and if people identify them, they're murdering them. Yes. Like this, they're doing horrible things. And it's starting to weigh heavily on, on Bornhold because Bornhold, I hesitate to call any of the white cloaks good. Bornhold is the best of bad people. Yes. Yes. Bornhold, yes, you're right. He is the best of the terrible. So while he's not great, he's at least somewhat reasonable. And having to do the things that Carradine is commanding him to do is really starting to affect him badly. Oh, yeah. And they know who they're up against. They know they know all about the Sean Chan, and they're making their way towards Tomen Head the same as Rand and the gang. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we're at. Rand and the gang are making their way to Tomen Head... And they are avoiding the White Cloaks. As much as they can. They don't always succeed. No. But what does happen is they're able to, to, to walk around and they, they're finally getting to a point where they're almost at Toman Head. Yes. And we're going to stop here for a moment. We're going to go visit the girls. Yeah. We're just going to touch base with them. How you doing there, Elaine? How you doing there, Nani? <laughs> <laughs> well, they are... They've got some ideas on how to get Egwene out. They are planning. This is their planning phase. <clears throat> yes. I think this is the first time I've ever had them planning something. Yeah, usually they just dive in head first without thinking about it. Yes. So so I was actually kind of happy that they're planning. Yes. I would agree with that. Yes. <laughs> and their plan is actually a good one. Their plan is to uh, steal a Suldam dress, a Damani dress, and a bracelet. And to basically one of them get on each end of it and walk in. Mm-hmm. Only... They they have the bracelet. They were able to steal one, but they cannot bear to put it on. They can't bear to have one of them be on the collar and let alone have the other one control the collar to, to give the other one pain. Right. So they come up with another idea, and that idea is to kidnap a Suldam. Of course. Yeah. And they kidnap Bethamen. Yes. And so here's what we know about the Suldam. The Suldam cannot channel... Mm-hmm. And they can wear the bracelet portion of the leash to command the people who can channel, right? Yes. Which means that they should not be able to wear the leash themselves. Unless. Unless what? Sodom are actually people that can actually learn how to control the power. Right. Whereas the people that have the colors on are the people that have the power innately. Right. So, Elaine, Egwene, Nynaeve, they all were born with the spark that they were going to channel no matter what. Now, Bethamen was born with the ability to learn to channel, which never manifested because she never tried. But, because she has that ability to learn, the collar works on her. And that's also the reason why she can actually control it. You can only control it if you have that innate ability. Right. So, any person like Min, who doesn't have the innate ability cannot use 
the bracelet. Right. Hang, putting the bracelet on Min would be the same thing as hanging the bracelet on a peg on the wall. The, the Damane would not be able to move away Correct. from it. So that's... It kind of scared Bethlehem. Uh A lot. If you mean by scared, terrified her to her bones? Yes. Especially and, when Nynaeve tells her, you're collared and we're going in. So pretty much what happens is Bethlehem now becomes a Damane. Mm-hmm. And Nynaeve becomes the Sodom. Yeah. And you got to remember, we talked about this last time. They treat Damane as like animals. Like they mm. are animals to be broken and trained. Yep. So that's where we're at with the girls. Back to the boys. Yep. Hey, Ran. Hey, Matt. <laughs> hey, Baron. <laughs> now, at this point, Huron was able to find Fane's scent. And they know that he's going, that he is in, or he was in Falma. So they kind of go in nonchalantly. And they and literally sniff around to see if they can find him. And Huron is able to determine that Fane has been there for a while because he can smell some areas where the scent has aged, some areas where it's relatively fresh. And he knows that they crisscross, so Fane's been there for a while. So they determine that they're going to take five people in. So they determine that they're going to take five people in. And they're doing that because... It's enough that they'll be able to cover more area, but it's not so much. And they don't take, they take one Shinarin because Shinarins are very distinctive. Mm. And they're... Was it Uno? It was not Uno. Oh. It was Ingtar. Yes. They I take, love Uno, though. Bloody yes. hell. <laughs> they take Ingtar because he's the leader of the uh, Shinarins. Mm-hmm. They take Rand because Rand is the leader of the band. Mm-hmm. They take Matt because Matt needs the dagger. They take Huron because Huron can sniff out where the uh, where Fane has been, and then they and then they need a fifth, and Perrin volunteers right away. Mm-hmm. So the five of them, oh, and they can't take Varen because Varen is an nice Sedai, and that'd be they'll like, be able to tell them. That'd right be away. like that'd be super bad. Yes. So they they start their way into Falma to see what they can find, and they're kind of uh, they kind of stagger their approach so it doesn't look like just a clump of dudes walking in. Yeah, they, they come in like a couple at a time. Yeah, and then they meet up. And they're able to determine that the newest scent that Huron could find led into this particular building, which is like, it's a guarded building. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they do the smart thing. They go around back. And they hop over a wall, they knock out a guard, and they get into the building. And in the building, what they see is a guy with a head shaved. Yeah. Well, and, and he and doesn't... Lots, and lots of jewelry. And remember, he doesn't come out until... They have the stuff. They make their way through the building. They find the horn, and mm-hmm. they find the dagger, yep. and they grab them, and then the guy comes out. But, oh, they also found a solid disc with a sinewed yep. line. You are correct. Half black, half white. Yep. Now that, as we have been told by Moraine... Is a seal to the Dark One's prison. Yes. Now... At this point, they hear a voice behind him, and it's the slow, drawn-out speech of a Sean Chan. And he says, I knew someone was going to come and steal this, but I assumed it was going to be Fane. (laughs) (laughs) And this is... I forgot his name. Turok. Thank you. This is Turok, who is a blade master. Yes, and he's got a bunch of soldiers with him. Mm -hmm. Now, this is one of my favorite parts of this book. The Shanchan are so arrogant. There is a group of men in the room, and they're armed. I'm talking about Rand and his crew. They're all armed. Yep. And he just says, 
to one of his, Turok says to one of his men, just go and, go and take that back from them. So the guy just walks right up to them, expecting to take it from them. Sean Chan are just... They're so arrogant. Yeah. And he pays for it because Matt has the dagger and Matt ain't letting go of this thing. No. He slashes the guy, just the tiniest cut on his hand. Boils start to pop up. Uh-huh. And, like, smoke starts to come out of the yeah. arm. The guy's skin starts to turn black. Yeah. It's, it's just... It's disgusting. Blood-curdling scream as the man dies. And then we have a nice little chase going on. Uh, yeah. And well, Rand stays back and actually is a one-on-one fight versus Turok. Now, this was dumb of Rand. Now, I know we can all guess the outcome. I mean, there's obviously, there's 12 other books after this. Yeah, so we do know that Rand stays alive. Right. But in the story, in in the in the background, if someone defeats a Blade Master mm-hmm. in battle, you are now a Blade Master. Right. So Rand technically has become a Blade Master because of his battle with Turok. But the problem is, and this is what Rand says, there was no witnesses. Right. Because by the time he defeated Turok, everyone had left already at that time. Right. Well, there were witnesses. But as soon as Turok died, they all committed suicide. That too. <laughs> um, and, and he was able to do it because he fully embraced the uh, the flame in the void that his father taught him for bow shooting. Mm-hmm. And was able to just feed everything into that. So all he did was fight. And he fought how Lan taught him. And he was able to win. Yep. Um, it was a good fight scene. I, I don't... I think it's credible that he could have won. I don't think he would have been a played master, though, at that time. Eh, no. I'm not saying he doesn't become one, but... He becomes much better later on, yes. Yeah. So, uh, at that point, Turok is dead. Mm-hmm. And Rand runs out, because at this point, um, Matt grabbed the horn and left. Yep. And he has the dagger. And they're all, they're all running away now, because now... While this was all happening, Bornhold got into his head, you know what, I'm done with this whole following Keratin and the senseless killings. He is going to take the fight to them, and he commands Jarrett Bayar, who we remember from Eye of the World, who is just a terrible human being. He commands him to ride back to the Fortress of the Light and tell the Lord Commander what happened. So Bayar leaves, and Bornhold mounts up a he gets ready to mount up a charge to go fight the sean chan Mm -hmm. all of this is happening while rand and the crew are inside the building so there's chaos in the streets at this point yep at this point as well is when the girls get to go to get Egwene. yes the boys and ingtar you know ingtar rand matt perrin and huron run out of the building chaos in the streets and they start making their way away now they did not go unnoticed Mm -hmm. and they are being chased and at this point Ingtar stops Rand and he tells him, you go, I am going to, I'm going to stall for time. I'm going to stall for time to make sure. And Rand's like, no, no, no. And Rand's like, no, no, no. You're going to die if you do that. And Ingtar basically says, I have earned death already. And he confesses to being a dark friend and that he really wanted to find the horn to gain redemption and hopefully walk in the light. And that's like a gut punch to Rand, and Rand has no idea what to do, and sh- and Inktar runs off to fight and die. Yes. Now, to Rand's credit, he does not tell anyone that Inktar was a dark friend. Because in his mind, he redeemed himself. He redeemed himself at the end. And so the boys are trying to get away, but now they're stuck between two armies. And Matt is thinking, well, 
I mean, there's not a whole lot left to do, and he grabs the horn, he puts it to his lips, and he blows the horn. And as soon as he blows the horn, these clouds start to roll in, and it it's like the five of them, or the four of them at this point, are transported to a different area that's above everything else, and then out of this mist, they start to see figures come out. And... Last time we mentioned about one of the great fighters and a great leader, and this was Archer Hawkwing. Mm-hmm. And he comes out. And it's, so it's a hero. It's the heroes of the horn. Yeah. And and some of the names we get are Archer Hawkwing, Brigida Silverbow, um, Rogash Eagle Eye, um, Gaidal Kane. And they're able to recognize them because there's stories told about these heroes for you know hundreds of years, and there's tons of different yeah. stories. And it's like, so you see Brigitte Silverbow with, you know, because she has this, she has the ability to shoot an arrow and it goes anywhere she wants. Right. And it's like a gleaming silver bow. Yeah. So you see big, big burly Gato Kane with two huge swords mm-hmm. and he's always at the side of a Brigitte. Yep. And, and the vision, I, all right, what, what we are discussing right now does not do this section justice. It is beautifully told by Jordan. And... Funnily enough, the boys comment on, wow, there's not that many of them. Because <laughs> it's really a small... There's like a hundred, which, yeah. I mean, yeah, that kind of sounds like it might be a lot. But when you think about, oh, it's the Heroes of the Horn, they're going to come and win against the darkness. Well, there's only a hundred. But they come and it's like, as soon as they come down, death follows them. Oh, yeah. Because they're basically spectral warriors and they can't be killed. Archer Hawking comes up towards Rand. And he calls him Lord Dragon. Mm-hmm. And that just sent chills down my spine when yeah. I heard that. Because at this point, Rand hasn't fully accepted mm-hmm. what he is. And oh, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> so the battle commences. White cloaks start to run in. They start to actually join in the battle. But they all pretty much get killed. Oh, yeah. The white cloaks get slaughtered. And also at this time, we said they started the escape of Egwin and they were able to uh, get Egwin out and take off the collar. And as soon as they took off the collar from Egwin, she saw Bethman and she started wailing at her. Uh-huh. It was, it's great. Yes. And then the girls escape and, um, do they take Bethman in there? No, 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 they don't. No, because, um, what, what happened, what, what happened is, um, she did smack around Bethman, but her trainer came in. And at this point, Egwin, her, collar is off and she has it she grabs her collar and sticks it on her trainer and then puts the bracelet on yes and just starts torturing this woman and would probably have killed her if it wouldn't have been for nine even elaine exactly and so the girls leave mm-hmm. uh, they, and, uh, and more importantly they leave these two women still chained yes still collared and so they leave they get out of the, they get out of everything and they they see this great battle and mm-hmm. they're like what the hell is going on here? right and they're and they're thinking oh we got to get to the ship we got to get to bail domon so he can get us out of here now domon tried to stay there as long as he could he what? did they actually made a very good point jordan made a good point of showing in this book that domon stayed until the absolute last second that he could have but with everything that was happening and the town was actually burning oh yeah because this isn't just a battle this is a war with the power mm-hmm. on the side of the shan chan against freaking ghost warriors who are setting ships on fire with arrows yep yeah 
dome on stage as long as he could, but at some point he had to leave. He had to leave. And so the girls weren't able to get to the, get to the boat. And so we go back to the boys and the fight. Yes. Now, the boys are actually fighting alongside the heroes, mm-hmm. which is pretty sweet. So is Huron. And, the, and so they, as we said, they call Rand the dragon. Mm-hmm. They call him Lucerne as well. And they call Matt the horn sounder. Uh-huh. It's great. So he is the horn sounder. Oh, and Perrin is the standard bearer because he took the flag of the Lord Dragon and put it on a branch and carried it into battle. Yep. <laughs> it's amazing it's is what so it is. Great. And you know, the battle, you know, commences and then all of a sudden you hear a booming voice. Mm-hmm. Rand comes face to face with Balzaman. Now he thought he had killed Balzaman in the end of the first book. Yes. Well here he is with his you know, staff, and he is ready to fight Rand. Mm-hmm. Rand takes his heron-marked blade that he got from his father, yep. and he goes blade against staff and fights Balazamon. Now, Balazamon takes his staff and jabs it right into Rand's side. Yes, because Rand remembers a lesson that Land taught him, and he left himself open for an attack, and as soon as that happened, he struck home and he stabbed Balazamon through the What's chest. that lesson? Um, sometimes you have to sheath the sword in your own body. It's a horrible lesson. It's a terrible lesson. But it's one of those Chekhov's gun things. I mean, <laughs> oh, I'm sure he just told him that for posterity. No, 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 no. Yeah. And so he takes the, he takes it in the side, and then he pretty much defeats. He defeats Baalzaman. But and... before that, his hands get, like, like the sword that he, when he cut him, mm-hmm. super heated. Yes. And when it got super heated, it actually made impressions of the herons on his hands. Yes. Both hands at the same time. Yeah. So now he is branded on his palms. Yes. And Balzaman is defeated. And with Balzaman's defeat, the Sean Chan are driven off by the heroes. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the book. I mean, what's... There's some minor stuff there, happening. There's some minor stuff that happens afterwards. But, um, but pretty much our heroes yeah. are in Falma. Mm-hmm. All the, you know... Moraine is there. Yeah, better better late than never. Moraine catches up. To Mor- Moraine does get there too with Lan. The boys that we've said, Matt, Perrin, Rand, uh, Huron, Elaine, Egwin, and Nynaeve are all there. Yeah. Now they do mention when Rand wakes up, they do mention. Amen. Sorry. Yeah. They do mention where everybody went. They tell that the girls, um, Elaine, Egwene, and Nynaeve, Matt, and Huron left with Varen to go to the White Tower. Yes. And they have the horn. Everybody else is with Moraine. All the Shinarans, Perrin, Min, and Rand are all with Moraine and Lan. Right. And Rand is just there healing up from the wound that even the Aes Sedai cannot heal. Right. And you find out that the battle he had with Balzaman basically took place in the clouds and everyone saw it. And now everyone knows that he's the dragon. And there's paintings of this battle. Yeah. Great stuff. But that has been The Great Hunt. Yep. Book two of The Wheel of Time has been completed. We will then go to The Dragon Reborn. Next time we talk about The Wheel of Time. Uh Uh-huh. Looking forward to it. Great book. Well, I have been your Geek Jason. And I have been your Dragon Scott. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day.